Welcome to the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, your host, and if you've arrived here, there must be a reason. I'm guessing you're curious to learn more about improving your wellbeing alongside ADHD, or maybe looking for some advice or guidance to feel healthier and calmer. So, why start this podcast? I'm a wellbeing and lifestyle coach, EFT practitioner, mum to four kids, and I discovered my own ADHD alongside one of my daughters at the age of 40. And now, after supporting many other women just like me, and probably you, I feel there's a need for more emphasis on well-being and lifestyle help for women with ADHD. And through the podcast, I want to offer you new insights and perspectives to enable you to live your most fulfilled, calm and balanced life. So wherever you are on your ADHD journey, my aim is to support you in finding the awareness and the most aligned tools to enhance your well-being so you can make the most intentional mindset and lifestyle choices moving forwards. Ready to get started? Here's the episode. Hi everyone, welcome back to the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Podcast and we have Karen Brody here all the way from Vancouver and we were just talking off air that it's my the place I want to move to, it's literally, for me, it's like well-being capital of the world. It ticks every box for me. So, so excited to have you on. Karen is a body and mind transformation coach for ADHD women. So you are perfect for this podcast. You were a pro athlete and you're a turned circus athlete. And I mean, that's the most ADHD thing ever. I'm so excited to hear how this transformation happened. But Karen, welcome to the podcast. I know we've spoken I think we've been on and off speaking for the past year, year and a bit, and we've been trying to find the right time to have this conversation. And finally, we're here. So thank you and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Kate. And it's crazy to think of we connected about a year ago, like time has flown by and I'm so excited for this new podcast you're launching and just the message you're putting out there to the ADHD community. So is great yeah I mean I think what you definitely bring to this community is so positive and you know like I said we've been following each other for a while I've been watching what you're doing and it's it is amazing and I guess it's probably one of the most pivotal pillars for me with well-being way before I was diagnosed with ADHD that I knew that I had to move my body every single day purely because I knew if I didn't I would feel anxious I was irritable I wasn't productive. I wasn't nice to be around. My relationship struggled. I wasn't a good parent. Like it was so hinged on whether I got this level of exercise movement, whatever you want to call it. Like it was for my head more than my body. But what I've realized now is that with ADHD, it's all interconnecting. And so this is why I wanted to have this conversation because for me, and I know that there's a lot of other ADHD experts out there, um, especially Dr. Halliwell, who believes that exercise can be just as important as medication, if not more important. Exercise is a medicine for ADHD. And I don't want to look at exercise as being one of those things that's like, oh, I've got to go down to the gym. It's 6am. I've got to do the workout. Like I want to remove that narrative completely and just look at it as like movement and, you know, how, how we can help ourselves with movement. So I guess, tell me a little bit about your journey to where you are right now. There's so many uh, great things. Like, where do I start on this journey? I mean, (laughs) typical ADHD, you're like, I've done all the things and (laughs) been all the people. I just want to start by 
kind of re-saying what you just said, this term of movement. And that's what I use in my coaching, in my marketing is movement. Because when we think of exercise and working out, it's really associated with like this pain and the struggle and like, oh, I should do this and I have to do this. And as soon as we start to putting these shoulds and have tos on our you know, regular movement practice, it feels really hard and our brain's going to want to do anything but that. So thank you for using the term movement as well. I think that's just more inviting, um, encompasses more styles of what we'll say is exercise or movement. And that is, I think, the first kind of segue into, yeah, making that exercise routine. So my story, I was diagnosed about a year ago with ADHD and like most everything starts to make sense so when I look back at my life I realized I was really self-medicating with movement but if we look back to when I was a kid into teens into my 20s you know I was as a kid just playing and having fun and moving my body and it felt really really freeing really calmed my mind I absolutely loved it and then enter into the teens and my 20s, all of a sudden movement started to be this thing that I had to do to feel like I was enough. So it was still very self-medicating for me because it really calmed my mind. It was like, you know, pretty much like mindfulness in, in practice for me. But it was layered with, I need to look a certain way. I need to be strong. I need to be fit. I need to be, you know, quote unquote skinny because that was what I grew up around of like people saying like that's that's how you're noticed that's how you're worthy that's how you're enough so my journey really through movement was trying to be enough and as soon as I started to work through that I came back to a movement practice like I was as a kid that was really fun and when I coach women it's not just about like you need to find this exercise habit or routine it's really finding movement you love but first knowing that you're enough no matter what you do and that can even look like whatever you do for movement is enough you know going for a walk that's enough dancing around your kitchen that's enough so it's a lot of a reframe to try and find that regular movement practice that feels good for us really powerful what you said then about you know how we have been conditioned with exercise and I never realized up until probably eight or nine years ago that I was exercising for my mind. It was always like, okay, I need to get back into my jeans. I like had kids and I realized that I, you know, I needed to look good in a bikini. It was like, get rid of my pot belly. It was always about the visuals and it was never about making that correlation between doing the movement, going outside, doing what I was doing because I needed it to feel calm and happy and not anxious and sleep better and all the things that I find much more important now. And I kind of think to myself, that feeling of enough is massive and starting a coaching program just with that, I think removes so much of that, those old beliefs and allows us to be a bit freer into recognizing what movement is all about and again it's like bringing in that enjoyment of my type of movement is probably not someone else's type and I look at other people and think how do they do that like my husband he is obsessed with the peloton he loves the peloton and he loves like really coming out of a workout dripping with sweat like if he's not dripped with sweat he doesn't feel like he's done a proper workout I never drip with sweat 
the movement that I choose is like restorative yoga, a power walking, weightlifting, anything, swimming, that type of thing. So that's for me is I feel enough doing that. So it's interesting how you bring that in initially. And then, I mean, what I'd love to know a little bit about is your background of being an athlete and then going into turning that into sort of circus movement, because that is quite niche and you really have to enjoy that. And I guess I, I said that before, is like the ADHD thing, because you've got a little bit of the danger, you've got doing something different each time, nothing stays the same. Tell me a little bit about how you moved from being a pro athlete into circus movement. So I, like I said, I've always enjoyed movement uh, my whole life, even though as I got older, it changed the purpose to do it was a little bit different. It was like to be enough. But into my 20s, I got into bodybuilding. So bikini competitions was my focus. And I did that for just about seven years. And it started with just this love of weightlifting and having this goal to work towards. I loved the structure of weightlifting. I love the fact that I could really just be in my body, you know, really focus on the muscles I'm using, coordinating my limbs, lifting weights. I love that it helped me build grit, essentially, because it was hard. It was lifting heavy weights. It made me feel really empowered. Although at that time, it was still very much fueled by this need to be enough. But I still competed and I loved it. In my bodybuilding journey over seven years, I did really well. I earned a professional status on my pro card. But that seven years was such a huge journey for my own mindset because all I wanted was to be a pro. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be a bikini athlete. This is what I want. Because to me, that meant, um, you know, like I'm going to say fame. It meant exposure. It meant that I would be noticed. And that's all I really wanted. But through the seven years in my own journey, I realized, actually, I don't want that. I'm enough without that. I just love moving my body. And no matter what happens when I stand on a stage and I'm like, it's very superficial. I'm judged by like five people. If I'm the best on stage, like that's ridiculous. It doesn't matter anymore. All that mattered to me at that point when I got to kind of the end of my career was that I was just doing my best. I was having fun and I was growing as a person, both physically and mentally. So when I earned my pro card, then I retired. It was this beautiful ending to a journey of that was, of course, a physical growth journey, but also this huge mindset growth where I just felt enough as I was so I could enjoy the process of prepping for a competition of, you know, dieting down of on show day bringing my best on stage and all of it was just really fun because I was enough and I just loved the process so I'm going to segue then into circus so I still love weightlifting but after I retired I was like you know what my love of movement has changed and this is a great lesson for everyone is that when you hold on to a should, like I should still enjoy playing soccer because I did in high school, or I should go lift weights because that's what's needed. When we do that, then it's really coming from this place of force and trying to be something else versus really listening to you, your body, like what feels fun, like what feels really good. So I got introduced into circus. Aerial silks was the first thing I tried and I loved it. It was the most freeing 
thing ever where I could be in the air and my mind would go quiet. There was this element of strength, but also this artistry. So I could start to express myself through movement, which I'd never felt comfortable to do before. And that was a whole other growth journey. And then that really just continued on in aerial silks and then started doing flying trapeze, which are my two main disciplines. And every aspect of it I loved. Like I still lift weights, but I allowed myself to move into something different that I love as my own like self-growth journey continued. So the whole lesson for when I think back my journey is like finding what you love and knowing that if it's completely different than what you think you should do, that's perfect. And allowing yourself to change your, you know, whatever you choose for your movement patterns or your movement activities. That's also okay because we learn, we can learn so much from the movement we choose and it's really just this journey. I went very just all over the place in that uh, that story there, but yeah. No, but that I think that's a really good story to tell because we typically, and I'm going to generalize here, ADHD women like change. We like to evolve, and we potentially berated ourselves for all our lives by not thinking that we're not sticking at things because we like to get creative and try new things. And once we've mastered something, we want to move on which is quite a sort of a neurotypical way of thinking of it is, well, once you've done something, you just stay at it and you just keep doing it. Whereas the way we think, and this is the way I've always thought is, well, well, I've done that. So I want to try something else. And I've had a lot of shame and I've spoken to a lot of other people and clients where there's shame involved that they've switched things up. They've got to where they've got to and they've kind of like changed track or started a new journey. But what you were describing then about the weights, which I have sort of past two years have been working with weights. And again, I fell in love. I was just like, oh my God, where's this been my whole life? Because all of a sudden you're out of your head, you're in your body, you are focusing on the reps and you're focusing on the counting and the lifting and the empowerment. And, and it's what it's done for me. It's built my resilience. It's 100% built my self-talk. I've learned how to be like, I have to do this. I'm lifting this weight. It's happening as opposed to I can't do it. I can't do it. So that's transferred to the rest of my life. A hundred percent of seeing that if I can lift heavy weights then I can do other heavy stuff. So that's been a massive turning point for me, which I always put myself down as like really weak and like really low body strength and all of that, this kind of narrative that I've told myself. And now, you know, I'm not saying I'm like super strong. I'm not, but I'm definitely more muscular than I used to be. And that has definitely had an impact in my career and and all sorts of things. But what you were saying about transferring those skills into the acrobatics and the the circus side is that I guess it's you have to be super present and mindful, don't you, when you are up in the air and you're doing something, you know, dangerous with a a string or rope or, you know, ribbon, whatever whatever it is, or just hanging on a pole, that if you are out of your head and into your body, it's going to be, you need to be there, you need to be in your body, and you can't be thinking about, oh, you know, the shopping or the this, where I think sometimes with other exercise, you can. So maybe as ADHD women, we gravitate to more of those um, types of movement where we 
we have to be more mindful because that's what's curing our anxiety. And again, I'm not a neuroscientist, but this is kind of what I've deduced. Like when I swim, I focus so much on my breathing that if I've swam for 20 minutes, I've realized that nothing else has crossed my mind apart from counting my breaths and doing that. So would you say that you've noticed that with being part of an ADHD community now and, and I guess maybe coaching ADHD women? You hit the nail on the head on that one. And this is what I coach on in my programs and in my community is this term called your movement flow. And what I describe it as is finding some form of movement that so intently incorporates your body and your brain at the same time that everything goes quiet. Your mind is really just focused on what's happening in the moment and it doesn't even have a chance to ping around to different different thoughts or different things. It's really in this state of flow and it can look different for everyone. And to find what that is for you, it's just thinking, okay, what, you know, what activities have I stuck with? What have I really loved in the past? And starting there and then starting to deduce that down, like when I do this activity that I love, am I just so in the moment that I could literally just do this forever, but my, you know, my body physically is going to probably give out before I want to. That's a really good path to go down to see like, is that my movement flow? It's the things you do that you're like, I am just so focused on, you know, my breathing, coordinating my limbs, engaging my muscles, just so in the moment, things go quiet. It feels like this flow, it's challenging, but it also feels really inviting. And that's the movement that I want you to follow because when you find that, you're going to want to go do that. It's still challenging. So you're going to get so many benefits. You're going to grow in you know, your, your strength, your stamina, your energy, whatever your goals are. But it's going to be inviting to do and it's going to calm your mind and start to train your brain to be like, oh, I can focus on this. I, I can do this. I don't have to be bouncing around all the time. And now that can also start with just ignoring what you think you should do. Like, I love weightlifting. You love weightlifting. I love circus. But I don't like playing soccer or basketball or any kind of team sports. Not my thing. Yeah. So it's ignoring what you should do and finding what feels good. Yeah, me too. I'm, And I've heard that a lot from different people that um, team sports – it's not really an ADHD thing, but maybe I'm wrong. What I did hear today, which is funny that we're talking, is that I was listening to one of Tracy Otsuka's podcasts. And one of her podcasts, recent ones, was about exercise. And I actually listened to it by chance, not because we were talking today. And she said that she's never met someone, a female weightlifter that isn't ADHD. She said it's full of ADHD women because it kind of ticks a lot of the things with regards to the dopamine and the challenge. I guess it's like an internal restlessness and this internal motor to keep kind of competing against yourself. So it was really interesting when you said, because I didn't know that you were, you know, that was your, the professional athlete side of you was the weightlifting. So it was really interesting that she said that because I think she used to do quite a lot of weightlifting. But also what I'd like to touch on is as women, we have so many different cycles. You know, we've got the cycle of obviously our physical cycle of menstruation. So of feeling different throughout the month. We've got 
puberty, um, you know, adolescence, then we go into pregnancy and childbirth. And then we've obviously got sort of like perimenopause and menopause. So it's like our body is just constantly evolving. Even though we say we enjoyed swimming or soccer growing up, as we get older, that cycle of our life might not be, you know, quite right for it. Or on the flip side, if you're into yoga, you might have been like really into like hardcore kind of vinyasa style yoga. And then as you get older, you want to do something a little bit calmer, like restorative yoga. So do you get a lot of women who come to you who are going through these different cycles and feel maybe like lost or stuck and not quite sure where to begin their movement process again? Yeah, definitely. I'll start with giving kind of my story a little bit more here and then touching on the clients I work with, which, yeah, you hit the nail on the head again there, where I was doing weightlifting or I started that, um, I started because I loved it, but then it was really fueled by this need to be strong enough to also stay skinny and to uh, feel like I'm enough. And during that period of life, I had, as we all do, for the most part, just depends on how much self-growth you want to do, is a self-growth journey. So I was growing in myself and my mindset. So when I ended weightlifting, I was like, I kind of learned what I needed to learn during this journey. Then I went into circus. And at the time, it was just really fun. It was really freeing. It was really great for my mind. It was so different. But over the last couple of years, really primarily over the last year, I realized this circus and like Ariel Silk's journey is really about me learning to express myself and to be more vulnerable and to, through movement, show, yeah, that expression of what's really deep inside of me and find that creativity, which is really, really hard for me, but it's matching my own self-growth and mindset journey. And that's why I'm really gravitating towards it because it's a challenge. It's something I need and it's feeling really liberating as I start to overcome that challenge. So I talk with a lot of clients where they're like, oh, in high school, I was an athlete or my 20s. You know, I played like competitive soccer. I keep coming back to the soccer example. I don't know why. (laughs) And then it's just shrouded with this. I need to get back to that. I should still enjoy soccer. I should still be doing this. I should be at the same, you know, uh, strength level or weight or fitness level as I did before. And I always start with asking them, it's like, should you? Like who said? Because what you like before doesn't mean you have to still like that. And then we go back to like, what activities let you up? right now and if you're not sure what aspects of activities have you liked in the past why did you like them does that still call to you and if not what are you looking for in movement and let's start to brainstorm different activities that could feel really good for you right now based on your own self-growth journey that like you said also matches our own physical journey you know if you're trying to have kids or you did just have kids or you are going through menopause what you need physically is also going to change hi everyone i just wanted to say a huge thank you for your incredible support so far with the podcast and i want you to know that all your messages and your reviews and emails and all the different ways you get in touch with me is so appreciated I read every single one and I just want to thank you for contacting me and letting me know your feedback, um, letting me know what parts of the podcast you liked, what you want to hear more of. 
And also that I am so grateful that many of you are contacting me for coaching. I'm doing my best to help you all, but I am now on a little bit of a wait list. So I wanted to let you know about some resources I have got for you that you can use straight away. If you head to my website, coachingbykate.me.uk and go to the resources section, you will find some really effective free resources and downloads that you, you know, look at, read, watch straight away. One of them is the Suspect You Have ADHD download. So that is for anyone that is potentially um, curious about and whether or not this is ADHD and your next steps. So it's very, very interesting and insightful information of your next steps towards getting a diagnosis if that is something that you're looking for. I've got a well-being toolkit for ADHD women. Again, lots of great recommendations and tools for you if you want to improve your well-being and just feel a bit healthier on a day-to-day basis. And I also have a three-minute calming technique download. So again, if you need sort of things that you can just reach to straight away to help manage your emotional regulation and just feel calmer, I've got that. And I've also got some workshops that you can download and watch straight away regarding using um, EFT to help with overwhelm, potentially how it can help your ADHD symptoms, and also to help with the intensity of RSD and other ADHD symptoms. So these are all hour-long workshops that are available to you. And then I've got a brand new one that has just been put on the website. This is a pre-recorded workshop, and it's all about thriving with ADHD after your diagnosis. So this is just been put on. It's £33 and it's an hour of me giving you lots of different tools and strategies and guidance as to how you can make the best out of life once you've had your diagnosis and moving forwards more positively. So I really hope these resources um, help you. And of course, if you are looking for one-to-one coaching or group coaching, please do just drop me a message from my website and I will be able to get back to you. Let's get back to the podcast. I do feel there is this juxtaposition between having ADHD, which, and I'm just going to say from a personal perspective, I have a lot of inner restlessness. I wouldn't call myself the the typically hyperactive, um, but I have to, I can sit for long periods of time. I don't, you know, like tap my feet and I can sort of sit. But if I don't get out, you know, a couple of times a day to move my body, then it's almost like it's like a pressure cooker inside me. Like I can just feel something bubbling, which is going to come out like in, you know, shouting at my kids or being irritable with my husband or just getting really impatient. So I know that if I've been on a walk in the morning, so that's my typical thing is I I love walking my dog. I'll go on a fast pace. It has to be fast paced. I can't walk with people. I have lots of gorgeous friends who I can't walk with because they walk too slow for me. So I'm now, I'm a pretty antisocial walker because if I don't walk to the pace that I can, I just can't walk. It's like I have to either walk that pace or not walk at all. So I've had times where I've had friends like trailing behind me and I'm like, you have to walk faster. They're like, you have to walk slower. I was like, I can't walk slower. And, um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a funny one, but I, um, I know that a lot of other women suffer from a lack of motivation and this, this, they have, you know, they, they need to exercise. They know they need to, and they know they want to, and they know they should be exercising, 
but they are standing in their own way. Their ADHD brain, this neurological makeup, which has got nothing to do with our personality and it's not a flaw, it's not a character, you know, trait. It is literally our brain standing in our way. And so I know that there's lots of different ways that we can hack our brains, you know, neuroplasticity. We've got these amazing neural, neural pathways that can be, you know, changed over time. So how do you help people that come to you that say, I want to exercise and all day I spend, you know, saying I'm going to, and then it gets to like 7 p.m. and I've still not done it again. And that is obviously going to contribute to mental health problems. It's going to contribute to, you know, depression, anxiety, shame, guilt, anger, resentment, all the things, which then has a knock-on effect to the rest of your life. So, you know, it sounds like it's, you know, just going out for a walk is such an easy thing to do. But for some people, it really isn't. And that, you know, can affect your career, your relationships, um, so many things. And so I wanted to address that today to, to be able to offer people some brain hacks and tips to try and, you know, I guess, override their ADHD brains, which gives us so much, but also is a bit of a hurdle for, for many of us as well. Yeah, this is question of the century and really my <laughs> coaching is focused on creating consistent exercise habits. That is my bread and butter. It's what I've worked with clients on to create success. And I look at it a little bit differently. So I call it my mindset method and I'll explain it with using an analogy because I feel like sometimes that's the easiest way to really get a grasp on it. So in order to create a consistent exercise habit, if I just kept giving you all the hacks and tricks, they would work for a short period of time. But as we know, you'll probably fall off again in a week, two weeks, 30 days time. So this mindset method, I want you to think of a house. So for a house to stand, to be furnished, it needs different parts. The first thing you need is a foundation, a really sturdy foundation. Or like myself, I live in a tiny home on wheels. I have a very sturdy trailer to live on. And that is the mindset piece. And mindset being a catch-all term, but it's really diving into these self-sabotaging beliefs, things that you carried from childhood, from like who raised you or the people around you. It's all of the thoughts that and beliefs that are in your subconscious and conscious brain that are essentially preventing you from sticking with some sort of movement. So that's the foundation. We need to address that first and simultaneously as we continue to build an exercise habit. The second thing that you need is a house on this foundation. The house is the system, and I call this your fitness system. Think of it like a habit. It's something that you're going to put on autopilot or systemize so you know what to expect every day and you're really breaking down the barriers to exercise whatever you choose so it's easy it doesn't feel like you have to plan or you know do all these things that feels overwhelming it's just easy you show up you know the day at that time and it just feels inviting so that's the house and you need that on the foundation which is the mindset the third thing is I mean, everyone's favorite is the decor and the furniture for the house that you go shopping at like Urban Barn for. That, those things are all the hacks, the like tips and tricks. 
But if you just had that without a house to put them in and without a foundation to put the house on, they're never going to last. It's like putting furniture outside in the rain. It's going to get damaged right away. So when I work with clients, we address the mindset piece first, or we start to dive into that. It's like, okay, what is really causing you to get in your own way? And often for us, it's not, I'm not good enough. Or if I do this workout plan, it's not enough. I need to do more. So then it's like this all or nothing approach. So we start to uncover like, where is the root of this? Why are you, you know, holding this in your subconscious? It's causing you to get in your own way. And as we're tackling that, we start to build the system. And this is before we start to put in all the fun tips and tricks. And the system is, yeah, putting on autopilot. So to give everyone who's listening uh, how to get started with a system is find, of course, the movement you love. That's going to be the most important because then you're going to look forward to doing it. And I have uh, some videos I can also link in the show notes to that and how to find that. But for your system, you want to essentially automate your workouts. Not so you're not present or mindless in your workouts, but everything around the workouts. So say every Monday, you are going to go swimming first thing in the morning. That means when you wake up Monday morning, you already have your swim bag packed because you know every Monday in the morning you go swimming and you go the same pool at the same time and you follow maybe a same type of swim workout or you set your timer for 30 minutes, whatever that looks like. So you have this whole system set up around it. You know exactly what you're doing. It's really easy to show up for that. And then every Tuesday, you're like, I go for my morning walk every single Tuesday. So I ready, you know, make sure I have clean socks and that my shoes are ready. And even if it's raining, I know to bring an umbrella. And you do that every single Tuesday. And I encourage people to have the same relative time every single day. So it's easier to create that system. The reason this is so important to do the same thing, it gives us structure. We love structure, but it still gives you lots of flexibility, which we also need. So within that actual workout, you know, when you're walking, it's like, well, maybe you're doing a power walk. Maybe you're doing an interval type style walking. When you're swimming, maybe you're doing a different type of swim workout. And as you continue to do this, it builds trust in yourself that you can do this. Because when you tell yourself, I'm going to go walking Tuesday morning, every Tuesday morning, you're creating a promise. You're making a promise to yourself. And when you keep it, you're building trust. The more trust you can build in yourself, the easier and easier it becomes to continue this exercise habit, this fitness system. And then you can start to be more intuitive as you know, you move along and you don't want to be, you know, as regimented or as structured, but you could always come back to the system too. But the big underlying piece is tackling those beliefs that are holding you back and causing you to get in your own way. And then of course we can throw in the tips and tricks of, you know, all the things you can find online on Instagram, those things. (laughs) Yeah. I really like that idea of, you know, creating the structure but keeping a bit of flexibility and freedom around it and I was just thinking you know this bringing in people you know like having a connection so if you are going to have a walk every Tuesday why not to always plan to have a walk with that one friend on a Tuesday like you're not going to see her for a coffee or a lunch or dinner but you know that every Tuesday you'll have an hour's walk with that one friend and she's your walk you know you're walking around I have friends that I only walk with and I have friends that I'll always meet for a coffee and I won't walk with them 
So it's good to be able to kind of um, bring people in, I think, because then you're not going to let them down. You don't want to let them down. So that that's, you know, something that I, I would do. And funny enough, I had a client um, not long ago, gorgeous client, and she was her... Um, her style of exercise and movement was roller skating. And she basically like decided out of nowhere that she wanted to take up, you know, like not rollerblading, but roller skating, kind of like 80s style roller, roller skates. And she went and bought the roller skates and she just started practicing. And then she went to like car parks and just went and, and just, and then she found like a tribe and then they went off and like did. And then she now like films herself and puts herself on Instagram and she's got this really cool like roller skating following but she's also created like a bit of a community and a, and a tribe so even if it's raining and cold and miserable she's still going to go with people because the people are going to make it fun and, and I've noticed that with myself as well that if I can't be bothered like I really can't be bothered I know that the people who I'm going to do that exercise that movement I want to see them and and I want to kind of you know hang out with them. So the the movement is just the byproduct to connecting with the people that I like. So would you say that's something that you you kind of bring in as well to your coaching? Do you advise that to your clients? Hundred percent. And I feel like you just read my mind the other day because I just filmed a video on my top five exercise tips for twenty twenty two. Community was right on there, and. Also, just to touch base on the roller skating, I have a few clients who like roller skating and rollerblading, so both of them. So I feel like could be another thing to to explore, discover if you have ADHD. I feel like there's mm. a trend there. <laughs> I definitely think there is because it's fun. It's a bit quirky. You can listen to music. You can go on your own. You can go with friends. I think it's like adrenaline. You get that adrenaline if you want to kind of go fast. There's the danger element. So, yeah, I think I think there's definitely so many ADHD friendly yeah. exercises and kind of types of sport out there. And I think swimming apparently is one of them. You know, Michael Phelps. He, he you know, he's you know, and gymnastics. So there's there's so many options, aren't there? And and I guess coming back to where we started at the beginning of the podcast of using this as a way to recognize that, you know, if we have suffered with anxiety or sleep sleeplessness and insomnia, or maybe just like lack of productivity or focus, you know, like let's let's bring that back to I can't, you know, focus on things. I can't stick to things. Um I'm I'm, you know, I feel that I'm always on edge. All these things is like, okay, like where's your movement in the day? And that's always something that I probably ask all my clients is if they come to me with, you know, emotional well-being issues, like mental health problems, things that they're worrying about. I kind of strip it back and just say, tell me where you're moving. Tell me how you, oh, I don't really go out. I sit in the office all day. I don't get much daylight. Um, you know, I'm on my phone till, you know, late on in the evening. So even though they, many people don't see that correlation, it just getting outside and getting some sunlight and moving your body outdoors is such a massive thing to contributing to enhancing our mental health. Hi everyone. So I'm quite open on this podcast that I'm always looking for more natural ways to manage my ADHD. The big areas I struggle with are anxiety, overwhelm, and a racing mind, probably always in the middle of the night, as well as improving focus and staying on task during the day. 
And from what I hear from many of you, I'm sure you do resonate and relate. So for that reason, I wanted to let you know that I've been recently using an amazing new CBD oil to help with these issues. And I have to say, I do feel a real improvement. I'm definitely feeling more focused, calm and balanced on the days I've been using Columbia Care Platinum CBD oil. Now, I'm pretty wary about CBD oil quality, but I've done my homework here for you. So even though the market has grown immensely, there are still many unregulated products out there and it is important you do use a high quality oil to really reap the benefits in helping your ADHD symptoms. Now the Columbia Care CBD capsules and oils are designed to maintain the balance in your body and help detangle your thoughts and stop your mind from racing and in turn allowing you to sleep and rest easier. Columbia Care's mission is to improve lives by creating a premium CBD product to the highest standard and ensuring care, quality and compassion are at the forefront of everything they do. I actually really love that. And to ensure that this CBD oil is of the highest quality, all their products are third party tested by independent labs to ensure safety and efficacy. And not only this, Columbia Care is completely transparent about all their products containing 10% CBD and broad spectrum, meaning they've been remediated from a full spectrum and are completely THC free, meaning that you won't be getting high from this CBD oil. Now, the Columbia Care CBD Platinum products are only available in the UK from their website, bettercbd.co.uk. So I am very sorry to my international listeners this time. But if you would like to give the CBD oil a go and get a 10% discount, you can use the code KATEM, that's K-A-T-E-M 1010 at bettercbd.co.uk and you'll be able to get that 10% discount. So put in the code KATEM10 at bettercbd.co.uk. And now back to this week's episode. So I feel that we've kind of gone a little bit full circle, but what I wanted to ask you just before we, we finish is, where can people, you know, where can people find you? If they can't afford to have coaching, is if you've got videos online that they can... Um, I guess to also understand if someone's newly diagnosed with ADHD as well and they're just getting, you know, the beginning of their journey and they're recognising where the ADHD has kind of intervened throughout their life, where it's held them back, where it's prevented them from, I guess, living life to what they deserve. How can they get hold of, you know, what you're doing and and maybe, um, you know, work with you in the future? Yeah, thanks for asking, Kate. And just even circle back to the community side of things. The goal is never to have an accountability buddy for life. It's really to build trust in yourself. So you are self-reliant and you believe that and you want that and you just fully trust in yourself. But even for myself, like even today, I did not want to work out this morning, though it's part of my system. And I did because it's what I do. But there's days that I'll call a friend and be like hey do you just want to go for a run together because that will just feel really nice and just to know that you're supported you're not alone that we're all on very similar wellness and fitness journeys we all have very similar thoughts looping in our head and when you feel like you're not on an island anymore and that you're human and there's others out there going through the same thing succeeding struggling where you can help them that's really really powerful to keep us going and to keep striving forward 
and where to find me. So I put my best free content on YouTube and I'll link it in the show notes. I'll send that link to you. But if you just search exercise, nutrition, and mindfulness for ADHD, it should pop right up. I have full length workout videos that are perfect for beginner to intermediate. They can do at home. There's no equipment. They're ADHD friendly. I mean, if anything, I just talk random and give you dad jokes throughout, but they're (laughs) all under 30 minutes. Some are 10 minutes, some are 20 minutes, and I just have so much fun filming them. So you can work out along with me. Plus I do tons of mindset videos. If you want to start understanding what's holding you back and start to dive into those self-sabotaging beliefs and work through them my videos are definitely going to help you out with that and the other I have two other ways to work with me but if you're maybe new to coaching maybe had a bad experience with coaching maybe you know financially you can't afford it you're just unsure and you're really craving some connection a community where you feel like you're actually heard and seen and supported and know meet other women on the same journey then I 100% recommend my ADHD wellness community it's brand new and you get weekly live coaching calls and QA calls with myself so there's four a month so you can be volunteer or you can volunteer to be coached live or you can just watch or watch the replay and see other women with you know similar similar questions similar struggles but also seeing them succeed And when you can see that, that starts to tell your subconscious that you can have that too. You know, you're human. If they can do it, you can do it. And there's also a full community aspect uh, on a Slack channel where you can be supported and share your wins with other women in the community. And that's such, uh, such a great way to get into coaching, to get started on your exercise journey for a very affordable price. And I'm going to give all your listeners a discount on it. So 50% off and we can put the code in the show notes. Now we're recording this in January. So when this is posted, I'm sure there uh, we'll have a few weeks under our belts in this. So I'm excited to continue to add more to it and, you know, really make it powerful for everyone. And the other way to work with me is one-to-one coaching. And I, we can link that too below if people would like to dive deeper on my 12-week transformational program. Oh, fantastic. And, and I think all of what you're offering is going to be so helpful in different ways, but what you just said then about supporting other women and, you know, um, congratulating them and, you know, really recognizing yourself in other people, because, I think we we very often have put other people on a pedestal and thinking, oh my God, like they've they've done this and there's no way I'll be able to do that. But when we hear each other's stories and we realize that we're so similar in so many different ways, that that kind of like relativity is very um, helpful in being able to recognize other people's strengths in yourself. So I think what you're doing is brilliant and I'll definitely be putting all the um, all the information in the show notes and I hope that anyone that's listening right now that has struggled with motivation or mindset or self-belief or you know those sabotaging um, thoughts that they just can't be that type of person that exercises or you know uses movement in their life that this has broken it down a little bit for them or for you so you can um, take that first step and know that you don't have to be you know do it in a neurotypical way you can do it in your way and have fun and I 
you know, what you've mentioned about your videos and YouTube and telling jokes and just having, you know, a laugh. That is what I personally look for. You know, if I want to do videos, I don't want to do it too seriously. I want to be able to learn. I want to be able to grow. I want to have fun. I don't want it to be too long. Oh my God, that's like my big thing. It's like I look, the first thing I do is like, how long is the video? Okay, 20 minutes. I can do 20 minutes. If it's like 45 minutes, I'm like, no, I can't do it. So I start with 20 minutes always. And then I go, oh, that finished so quickly. I'll try the 30 minutes. And then when I'm bought into that person, I'll be like, yeah, I want to hang out with this person for 45 minutes. But um, I, I funny enough, before we finish, I have an amazing trainer and he's really into um, weightlifting. And he typically does our sessions, but he knows me now. And I'm like, I have to do 45 minutes. And I have to, and I tell him, I say, you have to keep it fast paced. And I don't want you to do the same exercises every week. So he's like, oh my God. So I said, you have to surprise me. I want to like get to the session and kind of be like, I have no idea what you're going to give me. And so I get to the end of that 45 minutes and we've done loads of cool stuff that I've not done before. He mixes it up for me. We have a really good chat. And after 45 minutes, I kind of think I should have done an hour. But that's how I want to exercise because that's I know that's what works for my brain. So I think my piece of advice to finish off on this podcast is, is just kind of like, don't be afraid to ask for what you want. Like, don't be afraid to recognize what works for you without feeling silly or um choosy or too needy or all those things just kind of like put it out there this is how I like to work if you're choosing you know a trainer or you're looking at videos online just just be like I want a 15 minute video I need it fast paced and I need this person to not annoy me and and be okay with that so that whether or not that's helpful that's my that's the end of my piece of advice I'm gonna bounce off that because the workout videos I post on YouTube for Saul, there's great bloopers and all the things that happen in it. But uh, I do the workouts of what the, that are self-serving that I want to do. So if I'm like, I have to film a 30-minute workout video, like that's not happening. Some days it does <laughs> I want to do 30 minutes. So then I'm like, I just want to do 10 minutes and it's going to be really random. And then honestly, in the video, I'll, it's all scripted. You know, I plan the workouts 10 minutes. At the end, I'll be like, you know what, guys? I want to do some core now. We're gonna we're gonna do some core. We're just gonna throw that in. Same idea. So join me for very impromptu workouts on uh, on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Karen, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Kate. So that's today's episode done. Did what we talk about resonate with you? I really hope you found some takeaways that may inspire you to make some small changes that enhance your daily life. And if you did find this episode insightful, please do consider sharing it. Knowledge and awareness is power, especially with ADHD. You can also head over to the show's Instagram page, which is ADHD Women's Wellbeing Pod, and join the community that's waiting for you there. And if this episode really did strike a chord, please do consider leaving us a review to enable more people who need to hear these conversations find the show. Thanks so much for joining me today and see you next time.